Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, guys. Here we go. Rich Orris filling in today again for Scott Mosby. Good morning and welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Can't wait to get this thing up and running and and get your calls, get your questions in. We're going to we're going to run this thing I understand up until the Cardinals pregame show. So we've got plenty of time for you so you can give me a call today at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. So you know what ails you about your home? Do you have DIY projects you're looking at? Um, lots of rain the past, you know, two weeks or so um, brings leaks, brings water behind your siding. Um, if you, if you guys would understand how many roof leaks I look at that are actually the wall in the intersections and, and coming in behind the siding and around a window and down to that roof and you know, everybody looks at that as the roof, the roof. Oh my gosh, there's water. It's coming down. It's my roof. It must be my roof. Um, and it's quite amazing. It never ceases to amaze how many of them are actually more a product of how the roof and the siding and the wall and the flashing, you know, kind of all come together and really are, they need to correct the wall in order to correct what everyone thinks is a roof leak. Instead, we call it a, a wall or siding leak. So you'd be amazed how many are like that. If you have things like this going on again today, I'll be here for a while. You can give me a call. Anything you need, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And I thought today we could kind of look at the home scientifically a bit. Maybe, you know, start from the beginning, the progression of, you know, how what happened with homes over the years um, and the knowledge that we've developed and in, in to build a healthy and safe home today. Um, where did we start and how did we get here um, to some, you know, of the best built homes, scientifically healthy, safe, energy efficient, and secure homes of today, you know, it, it was definitely a long path in a lot of studies and a lot of things, you know, over hundreds and hundreds of years of analyzing and, you know, learning from our mistakes, learning from, you know, what, what, we, what we knew, what we did, and how it changed things and, and what it did for that home and, and just the outcome of once we've built with that product, once we've done something a certain way, you know, what were the repercussions that weren't thought about up front? Um, we've done a lot of learning and studying and looking back and looking at what has happened when we did certain things and got a lot of information running through all of that for everybody today. Um, let's, I do want to get things kicked off here, though, on the phone. We got our first call coming in with uh, apparently a sighting uh, leak, we think. Stan, are you with us? Yes, I am, Rich. Hey, thanks for calling in. What do you got going on? Well, um, I just heard you talking about how sometimes when you have some problems, it's not the roof, it's uh, the siding and maybe the flashing over a window. Yes. Um, I think I have a problem like that. 
and I also have like a storm door on the side that doesn't seem to be closing exactly right, and um, um, uh, I have a really nice Pella window that part of the uh, frame is kind of separating. I wonder if uh, if Mosby could uh, put that frame back together and maybe take care of my my leak in the siding. Um, so the the separation in the frame, um, are you seeing this from the inside where the wood yes. is? Or, okay. Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay, so so that's definitely something we that that could be looked at. Um, you know, taking trim off and stuff like that and trying to get, you know, to that to see if that can be, you know, remedied from uh, inside the, the framing with some shims and, you know, stuff like that to, to line that, that frame out. But do you, are you seeing, when you're saying siding leak and stuff, are you seeing water stains in that area also or signs of no, water I'm around not. the window? No, no, I'm not. Okay. Okay, so so yeah, um, what kind of what's on the outside of the home around this window? What kind of siding or brick or what? What is it's it? A, well, it's a, a brick veneer part of it, and then the halfway up the siding starts and the flashing up over the windows. Okay, so does the brick veneer go to the top of the window and then the siding no, it starts? Go, or is it it, at the it goes about halfway up. Oh, about halfway. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that is, you know, uh, a specific area there. You know, brick and siding is exactly like a roof and a sided wall or, you know, any type of intersection there or any type of penetration through a wall like a window when you change from brick to siding. I see it way too often that, you know, the, the house wrap, the flashing, the stuff behind the siding even if it's there, you know, a lot of times it's installed incorrectly. And as that water comes down, you know, it can get in either from above or it can get in at that brick to siding transition and start running down around that window and everything. So there is some some things that we could do just to look at it while we're out there to to take some of that, that siding. And, and if it's vinyl siding, we could pull it open and look behind it and see, you know, what kind of flashing, flashing tapes, how's this window installed, stuff like that. And we can definitely recommend great ways to manage that water, flash that window correctly, really make things, you know, work really well from the outside, keep the water from behind the siding coming out onto the face of that brick and running off that brick rather than being behind it. That would help any of that water stuff. And then we can look at the inside of maybe pulling off some trim and, and seeing if we can tighten up that frame and, you know, re, repainting or staining, things like that to, to make that inside of that window better for you. We can definitely do that. Okay, great, because uh, I would hate to replace it's a It's like a pillow window mm-hmm. with the, bl- the blinds in beneath the, the two panes of glass. Oh yeah, and they and they they open up to the outside, and, you know, if you need a little fresh air, and uh, I, I, you know, I just would hate to have to think about the expense of replacing the whole window again. So I guess what I'll do, Rich. Hey, I, I've had Mosby come out and do a couple of things for me, and I've always oh, been very nice. satisfied. Uh, and I listen to your I listen to your program every every Saturday when you're on and when when, Scott, when Scott's on. Uh, it's part of my my Saturday uh, 
routine, so to speak. So Awesome. I will just give, give you a call and have someone come out and then check it out for me. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. You know, give our office a call and they'll set you up with probably the, the same consultant you've kind of dealt with in the past usually. And for everybody else out there, we do this. I do this. I can come out and look at things like this. You can give our office a call uh, at Mosby at 314-909-1800 or look online, callmosby.com, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y. For everybody right now today, let's get into our first break here. But I want to remind everybody that, hey, give me a call. We can get anything like this going and answered for you. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. And we'll have more right after this. All the news and all that matters to you. The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right, guys, here it is, and here you are. Rich Orris filling in again for Scott Mosby today. Got a lot of great stuff going on, a lot we can talk about. Had some rain the past few days. Uh, great call from, from Stan about, you know, that Pella window. It was probably added um, and, and, you know, been put in like a pocket fit type of window without the nailing fins with the brick around half of it. So there is some flashing details that uh, can happen there on the outside to, to dry that better and make that better. So if you've got anything going on around your house you want to know about, Today's your day. We got plenty of time. Give me a shout. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And, you know, we were kind of getting started on this scientific thing for the house and what we've learned and what we know. And, you know, the, the, the call and the question from Stan just kind of brings to the forefront so much that, unfortunately, you know, I see every day on a daily basis, all the time. I mean, literally um, signed a job last week to fix these issues with, you know, pocket windows put in, vinyl siding put around at a later date. You know, nothing's flashed to the wall. Um, one, One really good leaking window, but every window in the whole home installed in the same manner. So they did decide to yep, you know what, I want to make this better. Let's do the whole home. And, you know, so I just past, this past week, I saw two people with the exact same issues, and I'm basically saying, yep, here's kind of what we're doing to this house, you know, that I've looked at it, and we see, you know, unfortunately so much of this. I mean, I've I've literally even a lot of new construction. I know they're getting better and better and educating more, and we keep pushing for our industry to do this. Uh, but I've I've literally looked at houses that I mean they're year year and a half old still in a subdivision being built um, barely you know some some still under the one year warranty some just barely out of it um, and, and they're building the house one two houses down and I'm and I'm leaving after talking about all these flashing and water issues and I'm looking over at the house they're built and then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I wish someone could go over there and, you know, get, train them, get them to, to change their thinking and, you know, read the manufacturer's instructions, do things the, the way they say and, and write, and you've got all the parts and the pieces and you just didn't even 
put it together right. Um, so, you know, it, unfortunately, we see so much of that here myself and here at Mosby Building Arts, and we fix so much of that. We definitely have the deep bench and the knowledge to take care of that for everybody. And let's see um, what we can get taken care of here on the phone. Bob with us, see how we can help him. Bob, are you there? What do you got going on? Yes, sir, I'm there. Uh, uh, sometimes when we're in the shower and the clothes washer is cycling valves downstairs, the shower water can get pretty cold for a few seconds. And what do I need to do to correct that? Um, so that I would have, uh, I would look at or have a plumber um, look at the like the pressure regulating valve that you know kind of controls the amount of water pressure that you get and everything um, because it's probably not working correctly and. Um, so when that starts taking hot water, the water, you know, when two things start running, it should increase the pressure a little bit for you, and it should keep the same amount of hot water going to both places. So I, I would start with that and see, you know, because basically I guess the hot water comes back right away when that stops or, or you know, slows down. Yep. Yeah, it yeah. Does. Yeah, so it's, it shouldn't be like a running out of hot water type of issue or anything like that it's more no. that one place is stealing you know from the other um and and you know pulling all the water and that that pressure regulator should be you know what takes care of that for you it's probably okay thank you very much functioning yep no problem I appreciate it but i can't afford the plumber but i will work it out thank you Bye-bye. no problem you're welcome and you know what uh I did the same thing at my house, um, and, and now I'm going around trying to get some air out of the lines and stuff because when you, you know, and, and I did my own. I just got a new one, set it, installed it um, out in O'Fallon, Missouri, in that area. We have very hard water um, and a lot of calcium deposits and stuff at the beginning of that line just totally clogged up that pressure regulator, had it not working properly, got that totally fixed. Everything, water pressure is good. Everything's working fine, except every now and then now I get these noises, the whistles, the things that somebody starts a shower or something and there's, you know, water, there's air in those water lines that I'm trying to, you know, drain and siphon out and see if I can get rid of it. And it's it's such a battle when you've got you know, stuff to the left, stuff to the right, stuff on the second floor, you know, and when you drain that system from the main, you have basically emptied everything. And it really, you know, takes all the water out of 90% of those pipes, replaces it with air, and then you've got this situation at hand, you know, that you've got to try and regain and, and get that air out in different places. So, but that's, that might be the next thing that Bob is up against after getting that that changed and replaced and, and getting that working. So, you know, it, it is something you, you can do on your own. Um, it could be a good DIY thing, but I would I would get some get some of the right wrenches and stuff. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And uh, make sure you have the right tools and everything to to get that taken care of properly. Watch some videos and, and really Try and learn about it before you get too deep into taking that pressure regulator off that main pipe, you know, coming into the house. But um, it's it's a challenge. So um, 
just as much as that outside of the house, you know, the window thing, the flashing, the stuff like that. So to understand, you know, the system of what should happen to a window, you know, when when it's getting installed and when you're you're getting into a new construction and you have the opportunity to, you know, you install a window that has nailing fins and actually the flashing system is is incorporated into that that window install to where, you know, some of it is put on prior to the window getting installed and then some of it afterwards and some of it, you know, pulled up and lapped at the top. So if you're if you're if you have a wall with, you know, house wrap on it, basically when you put in a window, what you're looking to do is you want a new construction style window that has nailing fins around it. And that means you're getting to the outside of the wall. If you have vinyl siding, you're doing a replacement like here at Mosby, we take that vinyl siding off. We put in a new construction style window. So while that opening's there, you put flashing tape on the window sill and up the sides of the window framing and it wraps on top of the framing over the sheeting on the outside wall and it bends and it goes up that wall about six, eight inches or something. Then we put that window in, get it installed, nailed, plumb level square, all that stuff. Put the flashing tape, you know, down the sides. So so at the top, you've taken that house wrap and you lift that up and you expose the actual sheeting. You cut a little cuts, a couple cuts in it, lift it up. So now at the top, you can put that flashing tape over the top of that, that window nailing flange, and then you can put your Tyvek back on top of it. Think of roofing shingles stacked up, you know, where one's always on top of the other as you go up. So as water runs down, it stays on top of the shingles, and that's the effect that in a, in a you know, watershed drainage plane that, that we're trying to get that effect always put that water back out and on top of everything. So when you have an area, you know, like Stan was talking about where vinyl siding comes to brick, then you're looking at doing that flashing from behind the siding onto the brick, but you want to do that same method. Put some flashing tape on it. It's a great thing to do. And then lap that house wrap over top of all that. So your flashing tape is good for things blowing upwards and backwards and wind-driven rains, but you're running down, you've got that roof shingle effect, that water runs right out, it comes out the the onto that flashing, onto the top surface of the brick and runs out over the brick on the outside surface of the brick. So another very good key is um, how far you put that flashing down onto that brick surface. You want to cover as much of it as possible, if not the entire thing, and and lip it down and keep water from going backwards. And when the vinyl siding comes down, if if you heard what I was explaining, you know, if water gets behind vinyl siding and it runs down the house wrap and it goes on top of that flashing and it goes out from underneath the siding and onto the surface of that brick, what that means is you cannot caulk that vinyl siding J channel to that flashing or to that brick ledge because that's where you want that water coming out. That's where, you know, you want it to turn, get out, 
If you caulk that and the water's behind there, you have literally trapped it behind there. It'll go sideways. It'll go towards your window, towards an opening, towards a seam. And it's just trapped and encased in there, can't get out, and then backs the system up, kind of like gutters, clog, things like that. And everything starts working backwards, and you end up with your leak again. So it's very important to know what you should or shouldn't caulk on the outside of your siding so that these flashings actually can work and let the water go where you need the water to go. So vinyl siding can basically exist with no caulk on the surface. If you have the right drainage plane and proper surface behind it, you just, you know, most of that caulk they use is just for aesthetics and places where things meet and they're not perfectly tight and, you know, not everything's 100% perfection. So we caulk it to seal up them gaps, but you make sure you don't caulk the gaps where you want the water to come out and don't cause an issue by caulking the wrong thing on your siding. So I'm still here. We've got plenty of time. Feel free to give us a call. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's get into our next break, and we'll have plenty of this and maybe some more calls when we get back. Find out what's happening with your Redbirds from the manager himself, Oliver Marmel. Sundays at 10.15 on Sports Open Line. And Wednesday mornings at 9.50. The Ollie Marmel Show. I'm excited for not only the club, but for the fans. This is a, this is a special year for sure. On King MOX. All right, guys, here we go. Home Improvement Show. Rich Orris of Mosby Building Arts filling in for Scott Mosby again today, having just a great time, getting some great calls. And speaking of great calls, we've got Cindy on the line with a question. Let's get right into the phones again and see what do you have going on, Cindy? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, We had a new hot water heater put in a few months ago. And ever since then, uh, particularly in my kitchen sink, which is the furthest point from the hot water heater in the basement, and in our bedroom upstairs, it takes several minutes for the hot water to reach the tap. Um, and I was wondering what's, what happened. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's quite annoying. Really? So it... So it's longer than it used to be is what you're, what you're Much saying. Much longer. I have to wait. Yes. Hmm. Um, now, I, I've found out that in our bathroom we have a double vanity. If I turn on both sinks on hot, it takes less time for the hot water to reach, to, to come to the faucet. Uh-huh. Um, but in the kitchen I just have to wait, and it's, and I just don't know what, how to remedy that. Or it, it's like I said, it's it's wasteful and it's and it's yeah yeah annoying yeah. So so it makes sense in the bathroom if because if you turn on both faucets on straight hot, you're you're basically doubling your volume, so you're gonna get it there twice you know twice as fast. But yet again, yeah, definitely wasteful because. Two sinks I running just to, to get wait. the hot water there. Um, right. What what I'm honestly having trouble with that I might even kind of put a shout out there to to different plumbers and stuff out there is, um, in theory, 
the the water heater, you know, putting in a new one, I don't really know a theory of why it would take longer to get the water to a certain, you know, faucet any longer than the last water heater did. Even if it's a smaller water heater, it's still hot water and you still have the same pressure in the same pipes um, and mm-hmm. you still have the same distance. So I don't really know of a theory of why it totally takes longer. Um, is is the um, is the basement completely unfinished, like from the water heater to your kitchen? Yes. Okay. So so I know a remedy, you know, of that is um, doing some sort of recirculating pump that basically keeps the hot water closer to your fixture um, and they make like they make small ones that can be installed inside the cabinet at the fixture um, it's not going to work as well or quite as, as as good as like an actual pump that's installed in the basement and basically what they do is they run a new line like from the hot water line through the pump and then all the way over really close in the basement to your kitchen faucet, and they make this loop. And so after the pipe starts to cool down or so much time has gone by, the pump will kick on, and it'll draw hot water, and it'll dump the cold water back in, and it'll draw the hot water. And so if you can get this pump pipe, you know, close to that kitchen sink within a few feet or right underneath it, you can get your hot water. It's always in the pipe right there, very close um, to it. So that's, that's a remedy, but um, I'd love to do a shout out to like all the, you know, all the plumbers and the people out there listening. If you've ever dealt with this or if you've ever, you know, have a theory of why it's taking longer to get the water there now than it, did before the water heater changed that's got my curiosity kind of provoked there just a little bit yeah i uh, actually i questioned the plumber who who did the installation uh because i noticed it right away and he said he suggested the same thing you were just explaining the pump yeah although it sounds like it's i don't know if it's so involved but it it sounded expensive Am I am I wrong? Um, yes, it, it, it is not inexpensive. Right. Um, you know, it's not inexpensive at all to to do, and and the, of course, the better one's going to cost even more um, than like the smaller one that you put, you know, under the cabinet or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's really okay. you know how much of an ailment is it to you and everything, but. Um, but but I but I really don't know why it would take longer from one to the other because even if you did, you know, if kind of like I was saying, if your water heater's smaller than the last one, you're still you know everything's kind of the yeah. same. You just have less hot water. Even if you did a, in, you know, a, a, a constant hot, you know, insta hot water, you know, water tank or whatever that never that just keeps producing hot water, it, it's still the how much hot water you have, you know, really isn't the answer. So it would still yeah, it's place the in the it's same a, spot. It'd take the same amount of time to get there. Yeah, it's the same, everything, you know, same size tank that we had yeah. before. Everything's the same, just a new one. Yeah. And it's, okay. 
That that All is right, well. that is really interesting. Now, something you could try and do that might help just a tad is if you if you did go in the basement and the water lines um, that go like from the water heater over to your kitchen sink or towards your bathroom on that hot water line, you could buy some pipe insulation and wrap those pipes. And what will happen is, is it'll just hold the heat a little bit longer inside mm-hmm. the pipe. I, I don't know that you'll, it's not going to make it like this miraculous fixed thing, but it will hold the heat in the pipe longer. Um, Cause I've, you know, I've noticed it at my house. Um, basically it takes a little longer or you need to turn the water a little bit hotter in the winter when it's super cold outside because of air infiltration into the basement ceiling and stuff like that, you know, than it does yeah. in the summer. So that, that pipe wrap insulation will help marginally, but it's something that wouldn't be super expensive. And, you know, you could probably do that on your own if you can, you know, figure out which is the hot line going towards the kitchen sink or whatever. That might oh, help sure. you a bit. Sure. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, All right. if anybody else has an idea, we're we're uh, eager to hear. Okay. Yeah, definitely. No, no problem. You're very welcome. And again, like Cindy said, and, and you know, if if there's a plumber out there that that has some sort of theory or something or seen this before and, and knows maybe why it would be taking longer to get hot water from point A to point B with a new new water heater. Um, I would certainly, certainly be extremely curious, you know, to, to, to know what the thought is. Haven't run into that one too much, but I've definitely run into more than my fair share of houses where, you know, second story bathrooms and, you know, it's so far away doing these recirculating pumps is really the answer that, you know, gets you what you need and, and gets you, you know, on, on track there of getting that hot water there you know, much, much faster. Um, it does use more hot water because it's calling for hot water, you know, more often, you know, than it used to, but it it's a convenience and, and it makes it quicker for you and things like that and, and a lot nicer. So I've, I've definitely done tons of recirculating pumps to get the hot water there. So um I think, uh, why don't we jump into our break, and if Gail can hold the line on her question during the break, we'll jump right into her question when we get back. And for everybody else, 314-436-7900 is where you can find me, and we'll be right back after this. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, here we go. Rich Orris here filling in for Scott Mosby today. And we've got um, a lineup of calls here that a couple, hopefully, solutions for this water heater. So I'm going to go through those first because they should be pretty quick. So, Gail, I will get to you in just a moment. But if we could get Bob on the line who has a solution for the hot water heater for Cindy. Bob, what do you think the problem is? You there? Hello? Yeah, is this Bob? Yes, this is Bob. Hi. Yeah, thanks for calling. What do you What do you think your solution is for the hot water heater for Cindy? Oh yes, yes. Good morning. Yes, thanks. I enjoy your show every weekend. 
Hey, listen, I was that. just listening to that, and my first thought was whether or not she had a gas hot water heater or an electric hot water heater. And if it's gas, uh, perhaps uh, one of the uh, elements, some of those tanks have an upper and a lower heat element. And if one of those elements are bad or faulty, it could cause a delay in getting the hot water that she's uh, desiring. Ah. Same thing on the electric. If it's an electric hot water heater, you need to make sure that the BTUs on the uh, hot water heater matches the breaker in the box. If some of those units uh, require different size uh, BTUs uh, to make sure that it's putting out the proper current to make sure that that water is heated properly. And the same thing on the electric heater, it has a lower and an upper element as well. And then lastly, she can adjust the temperature setting to turn up the setting to see if the hot water comes out at her desired temperature. Okay. Perfect. Hey, that will work. I appreciate the call in um, and uh, the solutions there. And let's jump to Paul real quick because I think he's got another solution too. Paul, do you have anything different from what Bob said for Cindy? Yes, I was suspecting that when they changed the hot water heater, maybe they had some sediment that got uh, into the pipe and, you know, it would cause a restriction in the faucet. And it wouldn't take much to reduce the volume in the faucet, which would increase the time. So you might want to take the valve out of the faucet and see if it's restricted in some way. Yeah, yeah, check for sediment and everything. And, and yeah, we did have – I appreciate that, Paul. And we did have someone else call in, just leave a message that, you know, didn't think of this kind of to the same effect of what Paul's saying is check the shutoff because if it, make sure it's open all the way because if it's if the shutoff isn't open 100%, um, it could be restricting the volume too. And maybe it's that's why it's taken, you know, a longer time to get hot water down there. So, yeah, that could be a few good solutions there to uh, look in and, and check in on for Cindy. And let's jump to Gail here and see what, uh, what do you got going on? Gail, are you with me? Hi, yes, I'm here. Awesome. Thanks a, for holding. I dream. Uh-huh. And let me kind of explain how it's set up here. It's um, I got a first floor kitchen drain, and it's also tied into a basement sink. Okay. And so, um, but the clog is backing up so in the basement sink. So I can get the water down. Well, it's backed up in the first floor sink, too, but I can plunge it twice and the water will shoot out. And it'll go down into that basement sink, and then it's stuck. Because they're on the same, like, downflow, and then there's, like, a T-connection in the basement that goes over to the main stack. Uh-huh. So it's to that sink down there where it's, like, there's a clog in there. And I, I'm pretty sure it's not the P-trap to that sink because it was replaced, like, in March. Okay. So I was just wondering, can you recommend anything? to, like, put in the drain to maybe get that unclogged before I call a plumber to try to get it snaked out? Yeah, I mean, really, it would just be your your regular Drano-type solutions and stuff you could try, um, you know, to to let it get in there and soak in there and, and let it sit for a while and work its way through and, you know, plunge from the basement sink. Um, I would, I would be curious, um, if the way these sinks are stacked, like from the basement to the first floor in the same plumbing drain, 
if the um, basement sink has its own vent, you know, for for air recovery, because that could be part of the reason why you're having issues and and getting the clog in the first place. I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My dad did this like probably over 50 years ago. It was one of those, you know, do-it-yourself deals. Yep. Yeah, and, oh. and sometimes they'll work like that for for years and years, and you know I've I've I have seen things that are like so far out of like, wow, they would never let us plumb something like this, and and but it, but it, they're like, yeah, it's been there like that, and it's worked for years, and I'm like, well, that you know that's great, but you know you might have you know when that is trying to drain from one sink to the next, you know stuff coming down from the kitchen sink. It's just not draining properly or quickly if that sink right, downstairs the, doesn't have more air coming to it. You okay. know. The first floor kitchen sink, like if you got a full sink of water, when it's working normal, I mean, it'll swoop down through those copper pipes real fast. Uh-huh. But it's like a utility sink in the basement. Uh-huh. So it would kind of like back up in that sink, but then it would always flow right out. Yeah. Yep. So, so then the step two is going to be, um, you know, call the plumber to come out and snake the drains out and everything, and find out where that you know clog is is sitting at, and they may be able to look at it and recommend trying to get some sort of, you know, air vent to that basement sink that that may or may not help that situation depending on, you know, how the plumbing's run and every everything else and. And that vent's not easy to acquire because you either got to get it out through the roof to get fresh outside air in the pipe, or you got to tie it into the vent where the kitchen sink goes out. But you got to do it higher than the kitchen sink, like in the wall. So you're trying to get into your wall, you know, behind your your over your kitchen cabinets and stuff to tie into that one. So that's a that's a bit of a challenge too. Which is why when when your dad did that drain, he never put that vent in because it's a it's just a hard thing to do. Right, you right. Know, it really is. Um, makes it very. But, but you difficult. think it'll be worth trying, like putting some Drano or some. What about Green Gobbler? Are you familiar with that I'm one? I'm not familiar with that one. Okay, but some but some Drano or something like that. Try yep. that first in that basement sink and let it sure. sit and see if that'll break it up. Yeah, and I would I would maybe run some down the kitchen sink too, just to kind of make a meet, and maybe it'll get to the area better from the kitchen sink, you know, okay. than the basement sink. I, I would I would run it through both, and, okay. and see if it gets there, and see if it helps, and if not, yeah, just get your plumbing snake and and have the plumber come out and you know snake it out. They can find yeah. it. Yep. Probably what it was running slow. So first, my go-to is always baking soda and vinegar. Yeah, and so then I use some drain defense cleaner in there for several nights, you know. And so I don't know if that maybe broke up some stuff, and then it didn't get flushed or got stuck down in there or something. Yep, yeah, definitely possible for sure. And uh, you know, any of those things might help some, but in the end, you might end up needing that that plumber to snake it out to really pick it up and, yeah. and get rid of a hundred percent and. And then the other thing you can do is, you know, after that, once it's clear, you know, like once a month, you know, put some put some Ridex down there um, and, and run it through both sinks and everything because that will like, you know, kind of eat at that, 
the bacteria and the stuff that sticks to the pipes and everything. So it's a, it's a good idea. You can take a, like an eight-ounce glass of water and, and mix the powder form up in that and then pour it down each drain, pour one you know in the kitchen and one down there. Do that like once a month to try and help maintain that that clog from coming back and keep the inside of those pipes, you know, kind of clear for you. That's a great maintenance thing okay. you know, to do on a regular basis. So it works for regular drains as well as septic tanks and all that type of stuff. So, okay. all right. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Hey, one other thing I heard you mention, it might have been on a different station, but you was talking about look around your house and stuff, and you were talking about uh, cleaners for, like, those white vinyl fences. Uh-huh. You made a comment they got some uh, great products out there on the market. And so I had an issue with that, and I bought some stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, it looks like a brand-new white fence on that because they had that mildew on the north side. Awesome, awesome. Hey, that's great. Uh, we got to get to our hard hour break here. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we are completely out of time. I will be back into the one more segment before the Cardinals. So we will definitely be right back after this. Give us a call. Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right. Last segment, Rich Orr is here filling in for Scott Mosby. Having a great time getting ready for the Cardinals game. They'll have the pregame and everything coming up right after this. But uh, for the next 10 minutes or so, I'll be here wrapping this thing up. And, you know, I wanted to get into just some of that uh, scientific stuff about the home and, you know, where we came from and, and where we went and, and where we're going. And, you know, we, we've educated ourselves so much on, you know, what to do for a home, how to build a home from, you know, living in caves to the first tent being literally like a mammoth skin with mammoth bones, you know, all the way through stone and and sun-dried clay brick, um, then starting to build houses out of wood, then realizing that, you know, the wood rots and it doesn't last as long. It falls apart. They didn't have great fasteners a long time ago, so they kind of went back to that, you know, what, what we see as the traditional older homes of our time the full masonry, plaster, you know, that stuff conducts a lot of temperature, um, gets gets that temperature through that wall. It leaks a lot of air um, around the openings and stuff. And, and you know, outside air is, is truly how we stay healthy, you know, in our homes. Um, so before, a long time ago, there were no chimneys. There was no glass in the windows. There was a hole in the roof to get the smoke out when they were trying to heat it or cook. Um, so now we've developed, you know, gas to cook with and heat, electricity, we could see at night, um, all this stuff, you know, coming about over time. Um, one of the things I found really super interesting is, is I look at a lot of older homes, you know, of, of our time, what we consider an older home is the gas lights um, in, in the walls, like wall sconces that were gas and converted to electric. And, you know, I, I read a thing about when electricity was first kind of developed and running here in St. Louis. Um, they only had enough staff to run it during the day, which to me was like, okay, you want to talk about, you know, labor shortage, all this stuff happening now and being kind of counterproductive. Well, back then electricity with lights would, 
you know, really take your staff and run it at night, seems to me, <laughs> when it gets dark and everything. But so when electricity was first going, it was literally only for about eight or 10 hours, you know, during the day that it would even run. And then they would shut it off and start it up with the crew the next day and everything with the plant and all that kind of interesting, you know, how that stuff worked and, and got started and everything. Um, but, you know, as we learned and we built, you know, foundations went from dirt to stone to masonry blocks and, and now your conventional poured concrete. Um, so, you know, for, for longevity of, of how things stay and all of that, um, we've really come into not just a, a healthy but a comfort perspective too these days on how do we make the home breathe right, comfortable, you know, all of that for everybody too. So when you look at, you know, things we're doing today, you know, we've done so much studying and, and now you can do like blower door tests to find out all the the pitfalls of the home and how to improve, you know, the home you have and all of that and, and looking at, you know, better ways to build today. When you look at framing now, you know, we have fire blocking and bracing and we're looking at thicker walls for insulation before we had, you know, balloon framing that went basically, you know, straight through two stories high. And then the first house that caught on fire, they kind of realized, holy cow, you know, it just spread right through all the walls and got to the second floor in, in no time. So, you know, we're changing and revamping so much of what's happening. The sheeting on the outside, you know, kind of went from, you know, regular wood sheeting. Then we wrap it with, with house wrap and flash it to protect it. There's newer, like the zip walls that they have now where, you know, that wrap is kind of actually already on that sheeting. It's a little quicker. We're, we're looking for ways to make the, you know, building these things smarter and faster and quicker. And with the, the cost of labor and, you know, everything help happening in that, you got to really look for how do you get through it in a timely manner to try and help save the cost and all of that, you know, through the whole thing. So as we develop some of these newer systems, that's what a lot of people are looking at. And sometimes that ends up, you know, causing other things to happen. Um, looking at roofing these days, we've got, you know, newer synthetic underlayment. We've got ice and water shield, better ventilation, ridge vents, eave vents that can be into the roof if the home's not structured for them, you know, by the way it's built. We can fix and we can correct a lot of these issues. Thicker shingles equals longer warranties, longer lifespans. Um, windows and doors, I mean, really have come up to, you know, from metal, which conducts a lot of, of cold and, and heat and conducts energy really well, to now the Energy Star rated windows, you know, the, they check them for the insulation, the wind resistance, they're tested. They've got such great, you know, grades and how they work and, and how they keep your house, you know, just nice and tight and dry the way we insulate around them with low expansion foam and really stop all of that air infiltration altogether. So today's world... We're trying to make that house so tight that basically we've taken away all the outside air 
that actually leaks in, and that's what's kind of kept us going and, and kept us healthy and and not having as much outside air. Now we're looking at, you know, paints with uh, lower VOCs and, you know, what's the quality of the air inside my house? So when we look at, you know, the heating and cooling, you know, they're looking at sealing that ductwork and doing so many things to that. But now we have to think about backdrafting when, when they're, you know, the house is so tight, you can easily turn on an exhaust fan, suck air out, and there's nowhere to get air from, and you backdraft, you know, all of your water heaters and your furnace and stuff. There's so many things that can happen. So now with the HVAC, we're looking at these recovery systems that takes outside air, conditions it, pumps it into the house, and then totally gets us, you know, breathing and safe and and clean air inside the home. You have to have that exchange for sure. Fireplaces now are, you know, sealed units. So they're producing much more heat, pumping it into the home, and they've stopped that drafting, that pulling out of, you know, the good air from the home and getting it outside. So there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, we've done to improve this and we've come so far. So, hey, I want to tell everybody, great calls, great questions. Had an awesome time today. And just kind of let everybody know, listen up for uh, Scott should be back next week. And uh, I'm sure I will talk to you all again. Get prepared for Cardinals baseball. Go Cards. I'll talk to you all later. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Get up to 75% off tickets to over 5,000 shows. On sale May 8th to the 14th. That's $25 tickets to 21 Savage, Cage the Elephant, Dirk Spentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and see Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Owen oh, Sub 41.